pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So before we get to Jacob here, so Minnesota men's basketball, not good. Minnesota baseball, 0-7. Uh, not good in Northwestern. Real quick here, Sean Payton has just hired Northwestern's running back coach for the same role, uh, Lou Ainali, Ainai, who is pretty good, is going to the AFC. And uh, the Nebraska or Northwestern baseball, which is off to an 0-6 start, the pitching coach, the hitting coach, and the director of ops all have left the program. <laughs> they have a head coach and a volunteer assistant. Wow. Uh, we, that can't be good. Yeah, uh, We have Jacob Bigelow with us. <laughs> uh, I won't ask you about that, um, but I will ask you a, a question. <laughs> on Saturday, not unless you have some insight into Northwestern athletics. Yeah, what's going on there? Uh, who took more selfies, Fred Hoiberg, Matt Rule, the Tominagas, or Dylan Riola on Saturday at PBA? Uh, the young man who the student section was chanting the name of and was trying to get the attention of for most of the day. Um, that would be Mr. Rayola, I think. That would be my that would be my guess. I I don't know if I had ever seen that sort of reaction for a recruit, uh, especially a recruit playing a different sport when Nebraska basketball had a four star in his own right on campus over the weekend. I hope he wasn't uh like, where's my love at? Why aren't they chanting my name? Mm. But uh, my guess, my guess would be Miss, Mr. Rayola for sure. Jacob, uh, pardon me if I'm overstepping my bounds, but you seem maybe a little annoyed by this. No, no, <laughs> I am no, never, ever. Um, I, 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 I have been told I am the oldest man in a 25 year old body that many people know. I, I am, I am a, I am a grumpy old man at heart, but. No, I, no wonder I, I like you. There we go. There we go. We're connecting dots on a Monday morning. But um, no, I'm I, I'm not annoyed by it. I'm more so like I'm more so just in awe of it. But in the yeah. in the end, I shouldn't really be surprised. All so. right. So was nobody chanting John Bowles' name? Uh, we're we're not hearing a lot of John, 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 John. Um, <laughs> just just Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. But uh, but. From everything that we saw from John Bull, he had, he enjoyed his visit, and he said it couldn't have gone any better. He was he thought the atmosphere was really good, so that was just that was just me making a bad Monday morning joke. <laughs> so he's a 24 <laughs> prospect who's at uh, Sunrise uh, Christian Academy down in in Wichita, uh, and he could be lured to Nebraska by a big announcement uh, that has just happened within the last hour. It has been in the works for a little bit, and now it's official. So. The 1890 initiative, which has kind of taken over all the NIL of Nebraska, but Nebraska basketball has been kind of on the outside. Athlete impact management has been handling that. But now, today, everything is under one roof, and 1890 is running all of Nebraska's NIL. What do you think that does for Fred Hoiberg and his program moving forward? I think it's some needed reassurance. Um, I think it's definitely a good uh, feather to have in the cap for sure. Um, you know, they kind of, you know, don't get me wrong. Aim, Aim had been handling things, you know, really well. Uh, the people behind that, they're very, 
very passionate uh, basketball fans, basketball-minded uh, with their their donations and that sort of thing. They had been doing things really, you know, it had been it had been going smooth, but uh, to be under the same roof as everybody else and uh, you know have that support system that's a that's a big boost for for uh, Fred Hoiberg, especially especially when they're going to be you know diving headfirst into the portal this summer. That's that's going to be a good resource to have. Jacob, I was saying this on well, pretty much all last week after Nebraska was sort of counting down the days to play Minnesota. As I got to the game or got to the day before the game on Friday, I was just I was uneasy about it because of the amount of of confidence that I think we had in Nebraska. Yet Minnesota sort of you know just struggling many times, even in college basketball. Just in Nebraska, we see you know teams maybe falter in that situation. The the thing I took away, it just seemed like a validation moment on the, the previous wins that Nebraska had before Minnesota and just sort of the overall fun factor of this team. I mean, is it is that a good way to describe Saturday's win for Nebraska or Minnesota validation? That's Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I know I saw plenty of people say, you know, at halftime saying, well, that's the worst I've felt about a double-digit halftime lead. It feels <laughs> like it should be more. Right. You know, but they, they kept Minnesota, you know, for the most part at arm's length yeah. and you know, the game was never really in doubt kind of was just more of that classic Nebraska basketball fan pessimism of, Oh, here they come. Oh, right. hold on, hold on to your butts. Right. Like we're, we're worried, but no, I mean, they were, uh, yeah, that was, they, they, yeah, that's a good way to put it. They validated it. They won a game they're supposed to win and it was never really in doubt. So, well, in a game in which, man, there was CJ Wilcher and there was Jamarcus Lawrence. I mean, that, that was another, Another team win. So what this current team, in your opinion, not not I, I've already told myself, well you're well you're a twenty five year old getting older. I'm getting younger in my takes and my not being a curmudgeon. I'm enjoying the moment. I'm not trying to think about next year on who's gonna be here, who is not going to be here. But in your opinion, with two more regular season games to go, at least one in Chicago in the Big Ten tournament, what is the current ceiling for this team, do you think the way they're playing right now? Um, man, it's. It, I think they could win a game in the NIT. Definitely, um, I think they could. You know, win a game in Chicago. Win, you know, um, you know, pretty matchup. You know, that's how all these tournaments are. It's pretty matchup. You know, matchup dependent. Um, I forget. I forget. I haven't looked at a bracket like if they finished at, in tenth, like where they'd end up. But uh, you know, they could win. They could win a game or maybe two, depending on matchups in Chicago, and then uh, get one in the NIT and you know see where the matchups go from there. I think. Jacob and Sharpie brought up C.J. Wilcher and in this most recent successful run by Nebraska. I know Kay say he's been a big part of that and and. Rightfully so, he's being talked about. Uh, obviously, Derek Walker, his steady presence—that's big. Sam Greasel, his presence—that's big. Even Sam Hoiberg. Is C.J. Wilcher getting enough of the conversation? And and how do you kind of look at just the way he's been a little bit more consistent and how that is actually impacting Nebraska? Um, I think well, it wasn't as much the case um, in that Minnesota game, but I think the kind of like the dream the dream game on offense is a game where him and Kese are both hitting threes. Right. We saw that in that Rutgers game on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, 
maybe he's getting lost in the conversation because he's just doing, you know, he's finally doing what he's expected to do, yeah. which, you know, which is, you know, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, just, you know, make shots, score points. He's not, you know, not thought of to, you know, do much else. He's, he's capable, obviously, but, you know, he's kind of like, oh, ho-hum, CJ's making shots. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what we what we expect from him. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's you know, like Gary said, you know, it, they, it was an all-hands-on, that was an all-hands-on-deck game, on, you know, on, on Saturday. The, you know, have all five starters and, all five starters and double figures. I think even Sam Hoiberg cracked double figures. Um, you know that's the winning that's the winning formula for Nebraska. The more guys they have that can score more, uh, the better. So let's look to tomorrow night, and it's a monster game for Nebraska. It's senior night. Sam Greasel, Derek Walker, Emmanuel Bandamil, and then Casey Tominaga are all going to be honored. Um, we've seen this the way that the calendar works with eligibility in the COVID year. Some guys may have two, three senior nights. Um, so, but Tominaga, and it kind of felt like that with his parents coming back and kind of taking in the moment, and they're still going to be here for Tuesday night. That that tomorrow night might be the final regular season game for Tominaga in that building. But it's a monster game from the standpoint of what's on the line, trying to accomplish a goal to play in the postseason, but also now who they're playing in Michigan State. Let's look at it from the Michigan State standpoint. Michigan State probably played one of the most offensively efficient games in the Big Ten ever on Saturday in Iowa City, and they lost. They scored 101 points before overtime. They hit 11 of 15 threes. They led by 12 with 90 seconds to go, and they only scored eight more points after that, and they lost. It is Michigan State. It's Tom Izzo. What do you think an impact on Saturday will have on the team that will play tomorrow night against Nebraska? I mean, it's the classic case of, you know, don't let one game beat you twice. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Tom Izzo, you know, he'll, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that, uh, that film study uh, when they got back to East Lansing, um, considering how he seemed in their uh, post-game availability. But, um, you know, I would never, you know, it's, it's as trite and cliche as it could possibly be. But I mean, this time of year, you, you should rarely bet against Tom Izzo, um, even coming on the road. Um, you know, they've Michigan State's had their ups and downs, but then again, so has every team in the Big Ten. Um, it's you know when and I feel like every time they've played Nebraska under Fred, it's kind of been like death by a thousand paper cuts. Like just the efficiency and how they beat you, like it's surgical <laughs> in yeah. a way. Um, just um, so I'm I, I'm interested to see how they come out. You know. Um, you know, it's, it'll be it, it, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I'm also interested to see what this line opens up at. I'm 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 curious. I'm curious as to what the thoughts on this game will be from a from a national perspective. So Nick said three and a half. No, I said five. Jimmy I said, five. said three and a half. I said, you know what? I'm going to be uh, I'm the arbiter here. I will go four. <laughs> what do you think the line will open up as? Uh, I kind of like I kind of like. Four. I like that number. I like that. Maybe three, three and a hook, or four. Probably that. That 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 sounds about right. Yeah. The the lineup, the the bench. You know, and it, again, we even saw Oleg. I I know it, it's it's an it's an all hands on deck season with what you have, but. What are you kind of? I mean, what are you kind of looking at as far as you know what the bench rotation, especially in this matchup against Michigan State, might look like tomorrow? 
Um, I think it might look similar to it might look similar to Sunday. Um, you know, Michigan State's attack is very wing guard, wing guard heavy. Um, they don't really, you know, Sissoko is a serviceable big inside, but he's not on the, you know, in the same echelon as, as a Jackson Davis or an Edie or even a Dickinson or the Wisconsin guys. He's serviceable, but I mean, I don't think that, you know, that's going to warrant like too big of a lineup. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, we'll, I think we'll see some more extensive, uh, Sam Hoiberg minutes, um, could be, a could be a game for Denim Dawson to, you know, just play a hey here's your guy go pick him up (laughs) pick him up wherever you see fit um but yeah michigan state's attack is with the you know they're not they're they're not very big they're they are kind of long but it's it's a guard wing heavy attack um so i i expect you know the 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 young the young guards on the on that bench to you know they're going to get their money's worth see there michigan state all year has been a weird team to figure out like if if you're taking a player off their roster that you really really like, are you going Joey Hauser, Jacob Tyson Walker, um, or somebody who I, I think can be a really good shooter and had a great performance against Iowa? But I think Iowa's defense is about as soft as you know what. Um, Jaden Akins actually played well. I there Michigan State is an NCAA team. They're, they feel like a an eight nine or ten seed, but I'm not sure who the best player on their roster is night in and night out. Yeah, I'd probably take Tyson Walker. Um, I do agree with you, though. Aikens has kind of come into his own. Um, I wouldn't take Hauser because I don't like college players who are AARP eligible. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my first pick would probably be Tyson Walker. Just the way he handles it, he's, 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 he's like it's kind of you know, there's it's kind of the Michigan State point guard you know formula. You know, just a dude with a great handle, tough as nails. You know, doesn't doesn't make the wrong play just plays smart uh it fits the mold of you know these point guards we've seen under Izzo for the last you know decade plus so that'd probably be my first pick uh Jacob we were talking about this earlier too and I just want to know what what Jacob Bigelow would do if you were on the baseline and Fran McCaffrey was staring you down would you stare back step two or would you have anything comical to say Mm -hmm. Um, I would I'd stare back um the one thing if I were Fran that I'd say to Kelly would I'd ask him if him and TJ Osselberger get the same size medium shirt. Uh, that'd be the only that'd be the only question I'd have for Kelly. But yeah, that was uh, an interesting scene to say the least. Um, yeah, classic uh, classic Philly tough guy, Fran McCaffrey. That mm-hmm. was definitely uh, um, that was something to say hey, the least. Hey, but so that... <laughs> so I, I keep refreshing my email. I have said that he should be fined by the Big Ten. Do you agree? <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's kind of a, it's kind of a weird, like, gray area. Because I, I, I heard what you were saying earlier about, like, him trying to intimidate that, that factor. But, yeah, I don't know. That's, it, it, I could, I could see it. Um, I could, I could definitely rationalize it uh, either way, though, for sure. Um, not a, not a great year for, officiate, you know, it's, it's been a, we, we, coaches and fans and, you know, observers, media types we all have an interesting relationship with officials that's for sure all right we'll get you out of here on this because you have some insight because you worked for him uh san jose state now has 17 wins there is a power six program not very far from where tim miles gets his mail that has (laughs) mark that has mark fox as the cal basketball coach now 
Cal basketball, since Mike Montgomery, and, and, and Todd Bozeman, they have had a chronic losing problem. They now have the nation's lowest home attendance. Tim Miles, 17 wins, year two at San Jose State. Cal in the Pac-12, where he interviewed shortly after he got fired, and I mean like within hours of getting fired at Nebraska, he interviewed at Cal. Do you think that Tim Miles will make another run at the Cal job? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Part of me thinks he might run it back one more year at San Jose. He might have his eyes on some jobs more closer to home. Um, I know, I know, you know, San Jose, that was a, you know, it's definitely out of his comfort zone with the jobs that he's had before in the past. And like you said, he did, uh, he did interview for, for Cal the last time around. And, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, that's, I think he, he might want to aim a little higher because, you know, with how San Jose state, you know, if, if he wins one more game, that's, you know, they haven't had, I think the stat I saw was they haven't had 17 wins since 2011 they haven't had more than 17 wins since 1981 so i think if he's able to pull that off at san jose he might be hold that card as if i can do this here i can aim a little higher than cal but you know i'll i i I think he he could he could make a run at it but i think he might want to he might be well, that could go for his whole coaching tree, to be honest. They might be keeping their eye on the team Nebraska played this weekend. Not this year, but going into next year. So, Well, I agree with you, and that's so the Minnesota job, I mean, there's, there's Tim Miles and there would be Craig Smith. The Minnesota job is highly coveted. The AD got rid of Patino to hire Ben Johnson, so I think he's locked into Ben Johnson at least for another year, even as bad as they are, and even – with a loss of their number one recruit, a seven-footer in Dennis Evans, they can't afford losses in the portal. But, man, when that Minnesota job opens up again, there's going to be so much so much local flavor that's going to pursue it. I mean, Craig Smith interviewed for 12 hours for that job when it was open previously. Yeah, and I know that's kind of been Coach Miles's. That was Coach Miles' dream job when he was a younger coach. Um, obviously, he's been, you know, he – Got into the Big Ten at Nebraska, but you know he's a he's a South Dakota kid, so Minnesota basketball was the closest like big time program to where he grew up. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, I definitely agree with you. If that job comes open, a lot of a lot of names in the close vicinity to here that that uh, would have their eyes on it. Uh, great stuff, Jacob. We appreciate. it. We'll see you tomorrow night at Pinnacle. All right, thank you guys. Have a good rest of the week. Nebraska and Michigan State. Do you know that Omaha men's basketball has outdrawn Cal that's, basketball this wow. year? As soon as you said that, I immediately thought of okay, like we're including like Omaha and Summit League teams. Like, oh my gosh! So Cal this year, I mean, there was a time that Cal basketball, Jason Kidd, yeah, yes. they're really good. Yes, yeah, very cool too. A lot, a lot mm-hmm. of number five jerseys, Cal number five jerseys that still exist. Do you guys even know? And I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but do you know what the record for Cal basketball is right now? No, I guess three and twenty-two. Three and twenty-five, close. Wow. I mean, you have Louisville that is four and twenty-four, and they're still drawing like twelve thousand yeah. a game. Cal basketball is three and twenty-five. They are two and fifteen in the Pac-12. And it already is "quote unquote" Oof. cool to not support sports out there. Yeah. But yeah. if they're you're winning, a reason to yeah. If you're winning, they'll come support you because they used to draw well when they were good in the 90s.
Well, there, so, I mean, it's basketball. They have basketball tradition in that part of the country. So they went to the tournament in 15-16. Jalen Brown, who's now yep. a star with the Celtics, was mm-hmm. on that team. Jordan Matthews, they had Tyrone Wallace. Um, Ivan Rabb was on that team. That was a pretty good team in 15-16. They won 23 games. Not even close since then. <sighs> and Mark Fox, you know, the AD has to make a decision. But I, again, I... I know I know what Jacob was saying, that Tim would like to get back to the Midwest uh, with family in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. But that just seems like a perfect fit for him and a guy that likes to tear down the first year yeah. and then slowly build it up. Basically, the Cal basketball is already torn down. Yeah. And if you, yeah. if you yeah. won again, if you won at Cal, I mean... You can write your ticket back yeah. close to home. Well, and I would think there'd be mutual interest... On the Cal standpoint, too, for a lot of the reasons that we've discussed with Tim Miles and what he represents. You know, you get a little more flair, a little more excitement. He he has a way of engaging with the fan base that it, I, I think is pretty rare because, it, it quite honestly, it takes effort. And it wasn't going to take much with the Nebraska fan base because we already care about our athletics here. And if you give us a guy that has a little bit of a, a personality, kind of a quirky personality where he's very engaging – you know, you're going to eat that up where it's a little bit more challenging with more things going on, obviously in the large state of California. Still, if you are again, not trying to get packed house, but you're trying to get a little bit more buzz about people and getting butts and seats, which obviously is a big point of emphasis for any athletic director. I don't care where you are. Tim miles is one of those rare individuals that can drum up that excitement right away. And he can kind of even buy you a little bit of time of, okay, if the product isn't great in year one, as we talked about, Year two, um, he's a guy that can he, he can sell the program, he can promote the program, and he does it in a very unique way, which, I, again, I think would be very attractive if you're looking at the current state of what Cal basketball is, both on the floor but also overall interest level. By the way, I made a mistake. Cal basketball is 3-26. and 26. Wow. They're 2-16 and 16 in the conference. Jeez. I had missed a loss. Well, damn it. Right. Well, Joe, as long as you didn't miss a win. Joel Lorenzi is going to join us uh, shortly. He is an award winner. He was honored for his uh, work uh, recently. Uh, We will talk to him about that award because it's very prestigious. And what is ahead for Creighton? After a lost week last week, now they have DePaul and Georgetown. Georgetown-DePaul before they head off to the Big East Tournament where they could be the four seed against UConn, which would be an interesting matchup. And also, does anybody want to face Villanova at MSG? They're, They're nowhere near the cut line, so to speak. But, man... They are playing really, really well. They got a ton of confidence. They look good Saturday. Hey, Eric Dixon. Look at their two games they won last week. All right, that's all still to come as we roll till 10 on this Monday edition of Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.